Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome, friends, to the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you with me. And no surprises about what has happened in the last 24 hours. Yesterday on the show, I mentioned to you that Brianna Taylor's case had been decided by a grand jury. And the Kentucky attorney general gave a, a lengthy statement about exactly how he came to the, the decision uh, or rather how the grand jury came to the decision. But he explained the law and how it applies here. Let's just before I get into the riots and the lunacy and the stupid Democrat commentary around this, all that and the lies pile, the top lies of the BLM movement before I get. Let's let's just make sure we understand the facts as they are. The, these are the, the baseline things you must know before you can even really have an opinion on the Breonna Taylor case. And certainly before anybody could think they have a justification to protest or even riot, although there's no justification for rioting over this issue. And there were protests in, in Louisville, in New York, in, you know, in Seattle, in Portland. I mean, there's, this is all over the place, right? All kinds of insanity people being intimidated, people being threatened on the street. But let's just start with the facts. I think that's the most helpful way to look at this problem today. Police were serving a legitimate warrant, and the police officers serving the warrant weren't even the ones working the case before. So their job was just to go in and affect the arrest. That's it. They don't they they weren't the ones doing the investigation beforehand. There's no personal animus. There's no we're going to go get this person. They were just there to effect an arrest. And when they and they knocked on the door, it was not a no knock raid, which we were told for months and which was a lie. Now, you could say, Buck, well, maybe that was a good faith error. Why would every news outlet report that it was a no knock raid before we knew whether or not that was the case? Clearly, they just took the side of Breonna Taylor's uh, boyfriend in this or, or they believed him. And assume that it must be the police who were lying because the police upheld all or held all along that they were the ones who knocked and that there was nothing that they did in that process. That was unjust. That was wrong. Kenneth Walker was the guy, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, who shot at police. So he opens fire on the officers. Okay, he opens fire on the officers, Kenneth Walker, and they return fire. And they're shooting back and they don't hit Kenneth Walker. A police officer was hitting the initial gunfire from Walker, but they hit Breonna Taylor. Now, there's also been a claim for many months now. This goes back to March that Breonna Taylor was asleep. So the story that people were told that the activists, the anti-cop movement out there blm the democrat media cnn I mean, cnn's a disgusting disgrace full of reckless morons i mean msnbc is no better but the story that people were told all this time was that brianna taylor was asleep in bed and was shot to death by cops who did a no-knock raid and they just bust in and started shooting for no reason that was the story that people were told and that that spread all across the country And celebrities 
uh, even of the of the reach and stature of LeBron James made Breonna Taylor's case uh, a huge cause. Right? Look at Breonna. Look what happened to Breonna Taylor. And people believe that what they initially were told about this is still true. Now there must be a cover up right now. There must be something else that's gone on here. And it's very once you understand the facts, it's very clear what did happen and what the real assessment of the situation should be. It's a tragedy. It's, it's a tragedy. It was an accident. They were not trying to shoot Brianna Taylor. This was caught in the crossfire. That was that's what ended up happening here. Because you can't shoot at cops and expect them not to shoot back. I don't, I don't care how many so-called lib, you know, they always get some former former, you know, sergeant from somewhere, some former law enforcement officer who somehow just hates cops, you know, hates the police. And they get tons of lawyers, you know, these ACLU types who will go on air and all they want to do is trash the police all the time. It doesn't matter what they say about the right to self-defense. Police are going to defend themselves. I don't even care what the regulations say. If you have a firearm and someone is shooting at you, you're going to shoot back. You're not going to sit there and wonder about maybe the other person will miss because you don't want to have to use your weapon. It's absurd. I, I understand. Why are we even having this discussion? It's so obvious. Well, we're having this discussion because there are people out there who simply don't care what the facts and what the truth are. We're having this discussion because there are people in the police reform movement of the Democrat Party, and this is a Democrat movement, who even the examples you could point to where you say, well, can't we all agree? Can't we all agree that law enforcement should be able to defend themselves when shot, when fired at, when shot on? Um, And there are Democrats now who would say, no, we can't all agree with that. Because of the legacy of systemic racism in the police department. And maybe the cops have to take a little extra care here and just allow themselves to be put in lethal jeopardy, which is never going to happen. But that's this is that this is a deranged position. And we've been crawling toward this for a while now. Remember, it was that police officer in Atlanta who wrestled the guy who was noncompliant, who fought the officers, who uh resisted arrest, took one of their weapons away and then tried to use a taser on the officer. And as he turns to use the taser, the officer, the officer fires and they claim that this was murder. No, no, you're supposed to get tasered if you're a cop. You're supposed to allow a, a perpetrator to use a less than lethal on you and then hope that that perpetrator, who is obviously angry and and. Uh, full of adrenaline at that moment, doesn't decide to take your side or take your um, your service weapon and use it on you as a police officer and execute you right there while you're helpless. That's what that was what we learned from the Atlanta case where a disgusting district attorney, completely political, a total hack. Brought a murder charge against that officer, murder one, they could give that officer the death penalty. That's how unjust The left is when it comes to these issues. You see, the left doesn't like police because they don't want the mob. They don't want their emotional rabble to be constrained by laws. They don't want people to feel like they can't do whatever the mob demands because there are people who stand in the way. There are people who 
stand ready to, yes, do violence in the name of the law so that you and I can sleep soundly at night. Left doesn't like that. Meanwhile, they'll use the force of the law for very minor transgressions. Some of you may have seen the video of the woman who was arrested at an outdoor baseball like little league game standing uh, you know, or, or sitting in the stands, didn't have a mask on. So they arrest her. Oh, OK. People say, well, Buck, no, they, they told her to put a mask on. And then when she wouldn't, they said she's trespassing and then they arrested her. OK, they arrested her for not having a mask on. That's right. They took away her freedom. They processed her because she didn't wear a mask outside. And all the libs will cheer for this. I hope I hope Fauci is proud of what he's done to this country. That little moron. Yeah, no, I'm done with him. I've been done with him for a while, but I'm not even pretending to think this guy is. I just see the slimy BS arguments from him now all the time. Never admits all the catastrophically wrong things that have been said by him in the past. And just continues to make everybody feel like we have no future. We're going to have to keep wearing masks even after a vaccine. No vaccine's perfect. Got to keep wearing masks. Probably multiple iterations of vaccines. Got to social distance forever. I just want to tell Fauci, go blank yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't care that you're the world's expert on this. The world's expert didn't do a damn thing to help us when this actually could have been slowed down in the early days. You know, we, we turn around, we ask the medical community, give us Oh, you know, oh, please pass your wisdom to us from on high, medical policy experts. A wisdom like let's get everybody on ventilators as fast as possible. They're not going to tell you this right now, but I know this from talking to other doctors. A lot of lives could be saved, could have been saved. They had just used oxygen masks instead of ventilators. But remember the whole push for, oh, Trump's not using the Defense Production Act. Trump's not doing enough to get the ventilators. No, now we got ventilators that we're going to have to turn into espresso machines. We got nothing to do with them. Ventilators cause infection very quickly. They're 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 a absolute last resort. And they're not meant for long for the long term usage of trying to keep people breathing when they have this covid problem, which is why, you know, you went on the ventilator, you had a 50 percent chance of dying on it. But oh no, the uh, the 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 top cast, the elites of the medical policy community, they really they really have been doing a great job. Heck, heck of a job you've done, Fauci. Heck of a job. So. Back to, sorry, I'm particularly annoyed about that today, too. Back to Fauci. I'm sorry, <laughs> see. Back to Brianna Taylor here. Uh, there was an injustice done yesterday, and it was not the decision to uh, forego murder charges that the grand jury did not think there was, a, there was a murder here. And there wasn't, obviously. Shooting at someone who's trying to shoot you and, and missing and hitting somebody behind that person doesn't make you a murderer it makes you human it means you made an error a a tactical error under pressure that a lot of people would make even people who were trained but there was injustice yesterday there are in fact two injustices that i want to talk to you about neither one of them have to do with cops not being indicted for brianna taylor's shooting you're in the freedom hut this is the best of buck daily podcast the top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. It is shameful what came out of the attorney general's office and the grand jury, not because of grand jurors, but because we know that prosecutors craft their own narrative. They can expand the number of witnesses that go into a grand jury, or it can be very narrow. And if there is an issue of fact and law, 
that still remains. Individuals should have the right to express their defense in a trial by their peers. He did not do that. The Attorney General of Kentucky did not do that. It is very obvious to us that there was a grave injustice because did he call uh, the other witnesses who said they did not hear uh, the officers announce themselves? Were some of the officers in plain clothes so that if you're in the middle of the night coming into a private home, which is a another very sacred place in America's heart, Americans' hearts, in the middle of the night, plain clothes, uh, and people were asleep and they could not see who you were? Did he not add that narrative so that grand jurors could understand what it means? And then let me just say this. It was a defective warrant. Um, just making stuff up at this point. That's Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, yeah, f- find witnesses who didn't hear a thing. Well, the witness in the apartment adjoining, because they were this was in apartment three, and the person in apartment four heard the knock and very clearly said, I heard them say, police, open up, warrant. Or, you know, police, search warrant. So you can find other people who didn't see something that, that that doesn't that's not how proof works. Right. You can find someone who's two blocks away from a shooting. Did you see the shooter? No, that's not that. That's meaningless. All that matters is that there's a witness who heard this. It doesn't matter that there are other people elsewhere who didn't hear it. That that's not how evidence works. Unless they were closer to the sound of the noise. But even then, where were they? And oh, she knows better about the investigation than the people that spent months doing this. Now, she's just making stuff up. This is just being a sore loser because she wanted a political outcome here. That's what Representative Jackson Lee wanted. She wanted people to be prosecuted because there's anger, because there's anger among Democrats, because there's anger within a segment of the black community over this shooting. It is a tragedy. It's a sad thing. Bad things do happen. Bad things do not equal somebody goes on trial for murder. You know, this is not a complicated idea, but Democrats, when they can't get their way, they'll pretend that they just can't comprehend. Well, I don't understand. You know, this is terrible. Uh, this is such an awful thing that they didn't what they, they thought there should be a murder charge. Oh, I, I get it. You know, you know what you really see? They just want to see a cop here get charged and go through that and be re- and, and maybe then when the verdict comes out, they'll say, well, you know. No, of course not. They, when the verdict happens they, and it's not guilty because the cop is clearly not guilty, then they'll call for more civil unrest, more riots. You know what the injustice was that was done yesterday by the grand jury? It was the decision to indict on three counts of wanton endangerment because one officer, not even the one who shot fatally Breonna Taylor, one officer fired rounds that went into a, a neighboring apartment. Anybody who knows anything about ballistics understands that that can happen. Okay, that's why it's such a such a a big deal when police have to pull their weapons and use them. You know, so so now it's you know, by the way, a bullet could go through a person. Depending on the caliber and and the proximity, a bullet could go through a person and hit a person behind them. So so now are you going to hold that person accountable for that, too? If they're if it's a legally justified use of force. You're expecting the perfect usage of force? No. So what they did was put these three wanton endangerment charges under Kentucky law against one officer who didn't kill Breonna Taylor. He didn't even kill Breonna Taylor. Right? There's murder and there's killing. Killing means you take someone's life. Murder is you illegally and immorally take someone's life. He didn't do either of those things. 
He just fired at her boyfriend. Who I've also got to say, people are banging at your door at three o'clock in the morning. You just start blasting. You, you just start blasting at them. I mean, that's that's a risky thing to do, especially when it's very possible they're police. And especially when based on some of the additional evidence here, it is still believed by law enforcement that Walker was involved in the drug trade. OK, he thought it was drug dealers coming to rob him. They just happened to be coming to that apartment to rob him at 3 a.m. He just happened to be the luck of the draw there for him. Let's use our let's use our heads, folks. But no, the injustice here was the charging of one officer with three counts of wanton endangerment as just a an offering, an offering to the mob, trying to buy them off. Here you go. We won't let him off entirely, guys. We know this was a bad situation, but let's. Let's try to charge this officer. He could theoretically go to prison for 15 years for this, folks. It's not a little thing. Three felony counts of wanton endangerment. That's in that's injustice. You don't charge somebody. You don't use the power of a prosecutor's office to try to make the angry, ignorant mob happier. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not that's not the system we live under. You know, if they're going to tell me that I can't in New York City have you know, two or three AR-15s and a couple of handguns and, a you know, a couple of shotguns, which is what I'd like to have if I could. If they're going to tell me that under law I can't do any of those things. They better darn well actually enforce the law as it's written. We keep saying, no, they, they want to defund police and they want to disarm you and they want to punish people that try to protect themselves. The injustice from the court yesterday was charging an officer with anything. And then there was a whole lot more injustice. And it wasn't about the non-charging of officers. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. So now we're in another wave of riots. Going to be happening in cities across the country, most likely. Now, uh, on the one hand, I have to say, I, I do believe that when these BLM rioters do the stuff that they do, uh, they're unintentionally cutting campaign commercials for the Trump campaign. I mean, they're they're helping the cause of Trump getting reelected by showing the American people, especially those who are not brainwashed Democrats, right? Those voters that maybe would go either way. They kind of believe Joe Biden's not such a bad guy and he's been around a long time. But, you know, Trump was good on the economy. They see the lunatic Democrats marching through the streets screaming in people's faces when they're just sitting there eating, screaming at people as they're trying to sleep in their homes at night. You know, wake up, wake up. There's no justice, no peace, all this stuff that they're doing. People see that and they say, I'm probably not going to want to reward that kind of childish and destructive behavior. I'm not going to say that I like that. And uh, not going to give my vote to the party that clearly represents that, which is what the Democrat Party does. Um, but beyond that, I, I want to note that there is there are inherent contradictions in the BLM movement that they're never forced to address, that the people that are out there marching are never asked about. You know, you'll notice that they don't do a lot of man on the street stuff with BLM, do they? The reporters. In fact, we, we heard before from uh, from Julio Rosas that they don't want reporters to show what they're really doing. Right. That's that's considered. And they expect obedience because they think journos, journalists are on their team, and so they expect 
that they'll they'll be helpful in the propaganda of these movements as mostly peaceful, which is what, generally speaking, the journos do. They pretend that they're mostly peaceful protests, even though they're not. It's not a mostly peaceful protest when you have people passing out free riot shields right after a, a grand jury makes a decision about charges Mostly the right decision. But as I said, I I don't think that the cops should have faced the three charges of wanted endangerment. I think that's just a total cave. That's cowardice. That's trying to buy off the mob. That's all that is. There's there's no justification for that. Looking to charge one of the cops with something so they didn't let them all off. That's all that is. That's that was the decision that was made. And I'm sure the grand jury felt that way, too. Okay, well, we don't. We don't want to let the, you know, this was bad. So something, someone has to get punished for something. That's not justice. But on, on this, this point about what, what is fair, what is right, and what is just, I would note that the, the BLM movement should be asked about some things. I mean, they, they should have to explain to people, uh, you know, why is it that they, they do this stuff and they commit injustices while claiming that they fight for justice. They attack innocence in the name of protecting the innocent. They don't see these contradictions. Even if they could, they don't care. This is about raw power, and only a fool can't see that. Why, why doesn't everyone ever understand this right off the bat? Uh, you can't claim to be a movement about justice and then go and destroy the property of people who have done nothing to you. They're going and attacking businesses. They're they're breaking windows. They are stealing money, right? Destroying property is a form of theft because you are causing get you are taking money from that. When you break a storefront window, you are taking money from that store from the people who own it and people who work there. You're taking from them. Now, we, we have to get back to what kids learn in kindergarten here about keep your hands to yourself. Don't take other people's stuff. BLM movement seems to have forgotten all that, doesn't care about any of that. You cannot claim to be a movement concerned with justice and do injustice regularly, repeatedly, unapologetically, which is what BLM does. They they say that they're fighting for justice with these acts of destruction and intimidation against innocent people. But in reality, these Biden voters might as well be making Trump campaign commercials because Ohio soccer moms are not big on mob violence when they go into that voting booth. I hope they certainly remember that. Something else I hope people remember. Remember when all those big companies in America were bowing down to and begging forgiveness from and paying off a bad faith Marxist movement built on lies that has now led to enormous destruction, immiserated communities, and a number of dead cops? I hope you remember. I hope you never forget how many companies immediately bent the knee BLM rioters going around feeling like they're not only supported by the media, but they're funded by corporate America. It's uh, it's a troubling circumstance, friends. The, the elites are using the mob against those who stand in the way of total control of those in charge. This is not a new tactic. This has been done in many countries and many times in history in the past. Right? The people that are calling the shots that have special privileges and tremendous wealth, they get the angry, insecure, unsuccessful mob to start burning down other businesses, to start attacking the political competition so that the people who are angry 
are making sure that the people who see what's really going on aren't able to throw out the bums who are making all the decisions at the top. There's a strategy behind this. You know, the Democratic uh, elites, I mean, the greatest fraud of those elites in the activist class is the pretense that they care about working class people. There was a video last night where you saw a protester going up to a to police officers with a megaphone. This was in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. And he was saying, look at you. You're protecting McDonald's. You're an idiot. If the cops weren't there, they would have trashed the McDonald's, berated any employees who were inside, terrified any patrons who were just trying to have a simple meal. And these idiot protesters would feel righteous about it. On an MSNBC, they'd treat them like they were the Freedom Riders. They'd treat them like they were people fighting for civil rights. It's appalling. It's appalling what they do. But this is where we are. This is the society that we live in now. I mean, just imagine for a second if in response to charging Kyle Rittenhouse with first-degree murder, still amazing that that's what ended up happening, but it is where we are. Imagine if Trump supporters in cities across the country rioted, attacked police, destroyed buildings. The lib media and, I mean, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the rest of them, they would demand martial law suspension of habeas corpus, and order the National Guard to open fire. They'd have no problem with it. No no issue with it at all. They would demand it, in fact. You cannot be a movement devoted to justice that commits injustice, which is what they're doing. You cannot explain or justify destroying the businesses, the homes, the peace of mind, the safety, of people who happen to live in a city where there happen to be some angry leftists. It's completely unacceptable. And it's why BLM does not deserve your support, does not deserve even, it does not deserve deference, doesn't deserve respect. It is a destructive Marxist movement based entirely in racial division and resentment and anger that hurts people. It is hurting this country. And the Democrats are using this. It's a catharsis for their Trump derangement syndrome. It's become an outlet for their rage about the fact that Donald Trump has been president and his supporters all still support him. And people think he's done a pretty darn good job. Don't ever forget that this is all tied in together. That this is for the left a way to try to seize the moral high ground while they're really just complaining about Trump's America. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. It is outdated. It is wrong-headed thinking to think that the only way you're going to get communities to be safe is to put more police officers on the street. What we have to do and what we will do is reimagine public safety. What kind of bull crap is that? First of all, it's a straw man. No one's saying the only way to make communities safer is to put police on the street. But that is a very important thing to do. You want to make communities safer? Encourage people to get married and stay married. Encourage people to finish high school. Don't tell people the cops are the enemy. You know, these are ways. Encourage parents to raise their children in a two-parent household. Those are ways. Oh, yes. By the numbers. By the social science, those are ways to make communities safer. 
But that's not what people want to hear. No, much, much more pleasant to the Democrat base to hear that the problem are the cops. The problem are the people who are there to make sure that little old ladies aren't bludgeoned by crackheads on their way to the grocery store. The problem are the cops. Sure. Sure they are. What could be more dis- disgusting and disingenuous than this? But libs live in these 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 bubbles, these echo chambers of the various websites and news networks that just tell them this lie. And they, they never will. They'll never be confronted by people on the other side. They'll, and then they fall back into the slogans. Oh, but you, do you not believe there's systemic racism? Do you not? These are feelings. These are feelings. These are not arguments. Do you not believe there's a history of oppression in this country? No, that's of course. Yeah, there's oppression. There's racism. But how, how do we how do we build a society that functions as best as it can? And a society that is ultimately acting in the interests of individual rights and justice with its every act. Well, they don't even think about that, do they? But but Harris is so funny. Reimagining public safety. This is this is taken straight out of like the the faculty lounge handbook at Sarah Lawrence College or something. Let's reimagine. Let's like reimagine public safety. What does that even mean? Reimagine it. How? And, and you want to do that while there's 50 percent increase in shootings in New York City and other cities having big spikes in, in shootings and murders. Yeah. Reimagine it while people are getting killed. Ultimately, the left also thinks the only bad people the left thinks exists are uh, white male oppressor Republicans. They're the only bad people, according to the left wing ideology. Everyone else who does bad things, it's society's fault. It's because of, you know, some lack of a social program or, you know, there, there's some there's a collective responsibility for all the other ills of society. But the only people that are ir- irredeemably evil and bad are white male Republican oppressors. That's it. Every, everybody else at least has a saving grace. Everybody else is, you know, uh, y- you can look at the totality of the circumstances. You know, yeah, that guy's an MS-13 hitman, but, you know, he had a tough go in the early days in Honduras before he came here illegally, and we didn't take him in. So, you know, we didn't make him a citizen. So really the fact that he's, you know, cutting people's heads off with a machete, I mean, you know, let's not blame him. Oh, my gosh, you voted for Trump? Evil, evil, bad person, you white male Trump supporter. It's it's look, you know what I'm saying. It's true. You know, this is the reality. The libs will always find a way to justify the behavior of other people. You know, and that's one of the great things about being a white male liberal is at least you get a little bit of you have to constantly bow. And unless you're super rich and connected and then you kind of just, you know, are, are the puppeteer pushing around the rest of the Democrats, making them do what you want and pretending, you know, you get to be in the Pelosi role or the Schumer role. Right. But. If you're a white male liberal, you get to think, well, at least I'm sort of one of the good people. I'm not one of the really terrible people. So that's. uh, That's the the reality of the country we live in now. And I just want to say that the reimagining public safety is a phrase that intelligent people could not say without feeling ridiculous. You know, without without knowing that they're just being complete demagogues, trying to get people all fired up and angry about something instead of actually dealing with the problems. Speaking of fired up and angry, that's always a good transition on this show. Speaking of fired up and angry, I don't trust this moment of calm we're having 
in the Supreme Court nomination battle. Something's going on. Something's up. I know they, they are going to try something. I don't know what it is. I'm thinking about it constantly, trying to figure out what is the angle. I've said to you, yes, they're gonna, there's going to be mass disturbances on the street. They're going to, I mean, they're, they're going to call out everything they've got. But they called out pretty much everything they had for Kavanaugh. It didn't work. They came close. People often forget that. If Blasey Ford was the only person they put forward and Kavanaugh had not come out just in an absolute defense of his character and of his soul in front of the country in the way that he did, which is why they were so angry at him saying, oh, he was so angry. They wanted to watch him. They wanted to watch him collapse and be destroyed. They wanted to see that. They wanted to enjoy that. Instead, Kavanaugh came out as a man and came out firing. God bless him for it. But they threw everything they had at it. They're going to try something here. They're going to try to do something that ah i wish i wish i could see it coming so that i could try to prepare conservatives and the right for it and you know get word to the white house even if i could well i mean i could but if i knew what it was i don't know what it is but we we do know that they're not going to let this go easily even elizabeth warren it's been a while since we've heard from elizabeth warren Oh, oh gosh, gee golly, I, almost, I grew up, and my, my daddy always says I was one one million in Cherokee, and I'm from Oklahoma, and you know, I just, let's, let's take the banks and take all the money and give it around to the people that haven't done anything for it, let's do, yeah, oh gosh, yeah. Here she is blasting Republicans over the Ginsburg situation, uh, the it's not the Ginsburg situation. It's the Supreme Court seat that is open situation. Play 14. Ruth Ginsburg was a woman who never let any man silence her. The most fitting tribute to her is to refuse to be silenced and to name exactly what Donald Trump and Senate Republicans are trying to do. Steal another Supreme Court seat. This kind of sleazy double dealing is the last gasp of a desperate party that is undemocratically overrepresented in Congress and in the halls of power across our country. The last gasp of a corrupt Republican leadership numb to its own hypocrisy that doesn't reflect the views of the majority of Americans or the values that we hold dear. The last gasp of a right-wing billionaire-fueled party that wants to hold on to power a little longer in order to oppose its extremist agenda on the entire country. What is she even saying? I mean, really, I know she thinks, oh, I'm just so upset and I'm going to just, oh, yeah, I'm going to be yelling and upset about the right-wing billion. What is What does this even mean? Uh, they're trying to steal. How are they stealing what is theirs? Democrats, you're, you're acting like crazy people here, okay? If, if I own a home and I walk into my home, I'm not trespassing. You can say it's trespassing, but you're wrong. They're not stealing anything. Stealing implies the illicit 
taking of something from someone else who has a right to have it. It's not stealing. It's a constitutional obligation to fill the seat. But they're just going to keep lying. This is not hard. There's nothing to stop Republicans. There's no rule. There's no law. There's no nothing to stop them from doing this. But they just can't accept it. They won't accept that this is the reality. They won't accept that things have have changed a bit. That's really it's really stunning, isn't it? They're um, completely, completely unhinged over all this. And, and they won't even rule out Supreme Court packing. Here's Joe Biden. Play 15. Will you go along with what some Democrats are proposing to expand the court? What I'm not going to do, and I hope you'll understand, is play the president's game. He wants to change the subject. Instead of about violating constitutional principles by moving forward in the middle of an election, elections have already started. He wants us talking about whether or not we're going to expand the court or we're going to court pack. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. You know, they called the lid for his campaign again today, I think by noon. Eight out of 20, what is it? Eight out of 24 days so far. Biden campaign's like, and we're done. It's lunchtime. Done for the day. No events, no, no, no uh, interviews, nothing. And now, uh, that's so funny. Now some of the, the lib journos out there, are, he's just doing debate, debate prep. Really? He's doing debate prep. This guy hasn't done enough public speaking and debating over. He's got to do debate prep. I mean, yeah, for like a couple of days beforehand, but come on. Really? Yeah, he was doing debate prep. That's why, you know, September, the first week of September, he missed a couple of days because he was doing it. Eh, look, they're a little cover for this guy no matter what. But uh, he, he, they, they want to leave open all these options so that they can tell their base they're going to do something. Uh, but here, here's the truth, friends. They're going to they're going to pack the court. As soon as they think it's in their interest to pack the court, they're not going to there's no promise they're going to make. Remember this all we got to this point because Harry Reid blew up the filibuster because it benefited Democrats who were in power at the time. You know, they can't help it. They have a lost for power. They will do whatever they can to increase that power. There are no norms or rules or principles that will be allowed to get in the way. Now they got to live with that. Now they got to live with the consequences of their actions and, you know, take it long and hard. Sorry. Stinks for them. What a shame. Too bad. But I'm telling you they're going to do something. And I'm going to keep, you know, send me your thoughts on this one. Let me know what you think they're going to do. They, they cannot, I mean, emotionally, psychologically, the Democrats will not be able to process the possibility of a truly right of center Supreme Court. Just, I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, it's not going to be like putting Ted Cruz on the court. I can tell you that it's going to be, you know, if if a, if a, one is far left lunatic, you know, uh, Sotomayor and 10 is Justice Scalia. Right. They the court's going to be at like a six. If we get Amy Coney Barrett. And that's the thing. But they're used to it being at like a three or a four. And. Sorry, that's not that's not written in the Constitution. It's not the way it has to be. Libs, maybe don't make the court so important. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast.
I think it's grossly insufficient. It does not deal with the fact that the life of Breonna Taylor was taken. It does not address uh, being a, uh, a victim of being killed. The value of her life is not at all addressed in these charges. You could get endangerment if you shot in the air at nothing. You took a woman's life. A woman who was in no way should have even been in that situation because the person you were pursuing was not there. She committed no crime. She'll only act that night when she went to bed that night and she is dead. The indictment does not address the life. When we say Black Lives Matter, this indictment says it does not matter. Reckless demagoguery from a man who has excelled in that area and excelled at starting race riots too, stretching back for decades now. The, the Reverend Al, Al Sharpton uh, saying that black lives do not matter uh, because of this because of this decision from the court. That's his claim. I, I heard other commentators saying the same thing. Uh, they, they love over at CNN and MSNBC to put people on TV who will say just that, that this this tells us that the court does not find that black lives matter. Oh, here, here, CNN, Bakari Sellers, play nine. I think it's pretty clear um, that the black lives do not matter. I think it's pretty clear that uh, justice is fleeting, um, that if you are a person of color, particularly a black woman in this country, um, you know, the quest for justice and the road to get justice is longer and harder um, than, than most. And I think that uh, yesterday there was there was more concern for uh, the walls of the apartment next door. Uh, these charges these officers face or that officer faces is a sham. Um, you know, when you have one person who's charged for just uh, shooting a gun willy nilly, uh, as we say down south uh, with a fifteen thousand dollar bond, sometimes you just have to smile at the absurdity. See, it, it doesn't actually placate the angry mob and the demagogues who rile them up when you put forward these charges of reckless endangerment, which is which is clearly what this was meant to be. It was a consolation prize. Here you go, guys. We'll, we'll charge one of the cops. So then at least the headlines can say one officer charged. He's going to beat the charge. The charge is nonsense. All right. The charge is effectively, you know, shooting back at someone who shot at you and not putting every round. Imagine if they actually hit Walker with with all the rounds they fired. Then it would be, oh, my gosh, excessive force. Look, what, I mean, there's there's no way to make people happy. They've they've set themselves into a narrative that they will not move from. They're, they're just dedicated to this now. It doesn't matter what the facts turned out to be. Bakari Sellers, Reverend Al, name, you know, any of them, you know, Chris Cuomo over at CNN, all misstating facts on this constantly. None of them say, wow, I guess it, it we shouldn't have been saying all along that it was a no-knock raid. It wasn't a no-knock raid. Well, now they're just going to say the eyewitnesses got it wrong. They did the same thing with Mike Brown. You had black eyewitnesses that said Mike Brown in, in Ferguson, Missouri, charged the officer, attacked the officer, and the officer shot him while the while Mike Brown was charging at him, running at him to tackle him. Mike Brown was a very large man, by the way. The officer was not. Uh, and they just say, oh, well, they, 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 you know, memories and they get it wrong. And so, you see, that's the thing. They'll just there's no such thing as facts for this group. There's no such thing as facts when it comes to all these issues for the left, because even when we have things that we should all say, OK, here's what happened. To the best of, of our ability to know anything, here's what happened. Let's say, no, we don't think we don't agree that's what happened. No, what happened is a thing that we, we tell you we want to say happened. 
That's their approach. It's very hard to uh, very hard to argue with somebody when you can't when you can't even work from the same reality. They're operating from a different reality. I mean, if they're going to talk about how the settlement or rather the uh, the charges didn't deal with Brianna, the value of Brianna Taylor's life. The, the charges have to do not with showing how much they value someone's life. The charges are about did this person or persons commit a criminal act for which we, the state, are going to punish them, ruin their lives. But that's what justice demands. Did they commit a criminal act? Did they have the mens rea, the state of mind necessary to be held criminally culpable for this? The law isn't just, I'm upset about something and I want someone to be punished. That's not the law. That's not, if it were, we would all we would all constantly be getting marched off to uh, prison camps by libs who are upset about all the CO2 we're putting in the air. Right. That's not the law. There is no good faith argument that what happened here is wrong. Meaning that there was no murder. There were no murder charges. It's not a murder. It's just not. I mean, they can argue about this all day. It is a tragedy. It is a tragedy. If a, a you know, city employee was driving a garbage truck and the brakes failed and that city employee ran over somebody in a crosswalk, that's horrible. That's a tragedy. It's awful. Bad things happen in the world. That's a terrible thing. And we should all do what we can. And society has an obligation to help out that family that has that law. But you don't lock. I mean, if, if the brakes failed, you don't lock up the guy driving the truck as a murderer. Doesn't matter how upset people are, not a murderer. They, you know, this is an important distinction here. But you see, they're trying to they're trying to use emotion to overcome and erode the law. They're saying the most inflammatory things possible. And here you have multiple commentators that I, I saw. And I'm sure there are a whole lot more saying that this judgment shows that they believe, quote, black lives do not matter. End quote. Wow. You see a lot of people yesterday talking about how Breonna Taylor's family got $12 million from the city of Louisville. That's that's the the city of Louisville saying we are really sorry about what happened. This should not have happened. And we're going to try to help take care of your family and try to ease your pain in some way, even though they'll never be they'll never be able to make it right. Money doesn't make it right. And I totally get that and accept that. But that's. Where the, you know, the societal culpability here, the, the system's culpability comes in, paying for an accident, a tragic accident. You don't lock people up for an accident. I know you say, Buck, but they, they chose, those officers chose to draw their weapons. They did what they were supposed to do. When someone is shooting at you and you're a cop and you've said police search warrant and they shoot at you, you shoot back. Full stop. There's, uh, we're not going to budge on this. You know, we're, we're going to have to start digging in, folks, and being a little absolute on some basic principles because the left is playing games with all of this now. Oh, maybe they maybe they didn't need to shoot back. Maybe they could get like a magic, you know, net gun and just wrap the net around somebody so that then they don't have to shoot. The, I mean, this is the kind of idiocy I hear liberals. I'm being serious. I hear them talking about things like this. Now, maybe we have some there's a dart gun they can use or something else to incapacitate a person shooting at police. No, we have less than lethals. They try to use them sometimes. When someone's shooting at you, you're not shooting back with a taser. But they don't really care about the truth here, about what's really happening. This was all about a narrative. It's all about a storyline. And ultimately, we have to confront this. 
people get uncomfortable doing it. They don't want to hear it. Uh, they many of them still believe it. The story that the police are systematically hunting black men and murdering them without consequence. That is the central premise of Black Lives Matter movement is a lie. It's a lie. It's just not true. And they can keep saying it and keep getting worked up about it. And it's not true. No, no part of that. It is not systematic. It is not continuous. It is not widespread. It is not unpunished. And, it, and oftentimes they're picking cases where it's not even an unjust shooting. Not always, but most of the time. Most of the time. The shootings that they pick to make a, a major cause for the movement they lie about what happened, and then we find out the truth. They just pretend like we don't know what really happened anymore. Friends, this is about rage and resentment and envy mobilized for the purposes of the Democrat Party. That's what is really going on here. Just tearing us apart, hurting us as a country. We do not benefit from this. No one benefits from this except those who use this for their own power. Doesn't make our community safer. Doesn't make us get along better as a as a people. America is this incredibly diverse country, and we do get along very well overall as a people. You look at us compared to a lot of other countries and what goes on there. The Democrats want to pull all that apart. They want to undo the very foundation of our justice system. They want to pretend that just because people feel a certain way, the facts don't get to interfere with their feelings. And that's not true. That's not true. But you're going to see a lot more lies about this. And you're never going to see a leftist have a debate with somebody who understands these facts and is adept on it because they would get crushed. They can't, they can't actually handle an exchange here. They're going to say, is it fair? No, it's never fair when someone is killed by the state in an accident. That's never fair. It's, it's wrong. It's tragic. It's bad. Is it murder? That's a different question. And our whole legal system is built upon what is the guilt, what is the culpability of an individual in an act under the circumstances presented. It's not a bad thing happened. Let's go find someone to blame for it criminally. It's not how it works. But that is what we're seeing from these protesters now who did exactly what we knew they would running around the country now attacking police in the streets. Two cops shot last night in Louisville. Let's get into that. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. Riots were expected in Louisville and riots happened. We've got somebody joining us now who is there on the front lines, letting us know what really went down. Julio Rosas is with us now. He is a senior writer at townhall.com. Julio, glad you're safe and sound, man. What, what happened last night? What did you see? So there were a lot of marches. There was a lot of rioting uh, in the aftermath of the grand jury uh, decision that, that was announced yesterday. The city was kind of bracing for that. And unfortunately, the riots kind of came to fruition. Uh, around seven o'clock, uh, eight, uh, eight o'clock last night at the hall of justice, which is where the city government is kind of located around in the downtown area. Uh, people started to set fires, uh, all over the place. And then at one point they tried to set fire to the wooden boards that were protecting the windows on the hall of justice. And so at that point, the Louisville police department declared it to be an unlawful assembly 
and they said that they had to leave or else the crowd control munitions were going to be used. And so officers inside the building had to come out to put out the fires, but they were just absolutely pelted with all sorts of thrown projectiles. And so they had to retreat back inside. Uh, the, the crowd then left the area because they didn't want to be tear gas. And so they were they were trying to go in through the side streets because they were trying to evade police from cutting them off. And then uh, and then at one point it was over on, on Broadway Street where they were marching towards the police officers that were up ahead. Uh, the officers fired two flashbangs uh, in the air that exploded overhead. And then about two seconds later, that's when we started to hear gunshots ringing out and, and people really started to scatter because uh, obviously we don't know who, who's being shot at. And then uh, at that point, uh, a large number of police officers just swarmed into the area to, to clear everybody out. So there were gunshots. Uh, from what I read, two officers were hit. What do we know about them? And what do we know of the person who shot them? So the police chief later that night, I, I went to the uh, hospital where they were, the two officers were taken to, and uh, the police chief said that they did receive uh, non-life-threatening uh, gunshot wounds uh, and that they are expected to make a full recovery. Uh, and at the time, he said that they had a suspect in custody. And, and that's as far as I know. And uh, they, they did finally release the, the names of, of the two police officers. And, and of course, uh, you know, this whole thing is about resulting of Black Lives Matter and, and you know, protecting minorities. Well, one of the officers was shot was African-American. And they have a suspect in custody, Julio? Yes. Yes, they do. What do we know about the suspect? Uh, not, not much from, from last, from last I heard, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen much of an update in, ter- in terms of that. I think that they're also still looking because there were also other, there was also other gunshots that, that happened in, in, in that area and along with, uh, the rest of, <laughs> rest of Louisville, because again, it was just, it was just chaos. It was just another, it was just unfortunately kind of a repeat of what we've seen, uh, across the country. It was. I mean, I'm assuming it was very similar to what we saw in what you saw, I should say, on the front lines in Kenosha. Uh, sort of. Uh, Kenosha was just because they. It's a smaller, much smaller town with a much smaller police force, so that's why they were overwhelmed uh, with trying to protect the uh, the county courthouse, and then the rest of the downtown area was was at the mercy of the rioters and looters. Uh, and so uh, Louisville had had uh, state troopers. On standby, they were able to clear out the Jefferson Square Park after the gunshots uh, and after the officers were hit. And so th- this was what I can say. This was not a peaceful, mostly this was not a mostly right. peaceful march because because as as they were marching through, people were breaking off and, and setting fires. Uh, they were breaking the uncovered windows and they were being cheered on by the crowd. And of course, you know, there was members of the media there, including myself, and they were telling people, you know, like, you know, stop recording, you know, get the cameras out of here. And they were threatening uh, the people who had the big cameras, because obviously you can't really hide that. So this was not this was not a mostly peaceful march uh, that that much I can tell you. Speaking of Julio Rosas, senior writer at Town Hall, Julio, we've got about a minute. I, I want to ask you, though, what you think uh, in terms of any preparation coordination there was that video of the u-haul full of protests and riot material that pulled up broad daylight right in downtown louisville what can you tell us about that yeah so the, there was there was a woman who was saying shields and, and at first i thought she was asking for people who had shields to move up to the front of the crowd which is a very common tactic but then uh, as i got closer to her i could hear her saying we have shields we have shields and she was pointing to the u-haul truck at that point, people were just rushing and they were grabbing all sorts of stuff, banners, homemade shields. And 
and all that. And so th- th- there is definitely organization behind this, and especially when you see in places like Portland where, you know, they have it down to an art form essentially, but there, there is a, a supply chain and there is organization uh, within this, uh, how far and how, how far up and how deep it goes. I'm not entirely too sure, but, uh, the, the, it was it was a pretty shocking thing to see because that that was the first time I had ever seen anything like that. Julio, uh, just real quick, are we expecting more in Louisville, or do you think it's going to calm down? So I think because unfortunately we did have those two officers shot, the the police kind of are taking zero chances. Uh, what we saw last night, they really cracked down pretty hard. Uh, they they actually rounded up uh, a lot of reporters in in their in their crackdown on arresting people, including uh, two reporters with the Daily Caller. And so I think they're going to really be uh, bringing the hammer down on on anything nefarious that might happen. We'll see. Could happen elsewhere in the country. Julio Rosas of of Town Hall, everybody. Julio, stay safe, man. Thanks again for all all your reporting. We appreciate it. Thank you, Buck.